friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, September the 23rd. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's beauty. I wish you God's goodness. Thank you for being with me as we look to the readings for this weekend for the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time using the Common Lectionary Cycle here. Uh, as always, I'm, I'm going to use, well, not always, but as, as mostly I do, I'll use the uh, same translation that we're going to hear at Mass this coming weekend. It's the New American. And uh, as I do uh, often, uh, invite us, uh, not often enough. Again, when you are hearing this, my friends, uh, I simply invite you, focus on the Word of God. And, and even before you listen to say, Lord, open me, uh, is there a word, is there an idea, is there a phrase with which uh, God is going to speak to you? Uh, invite, allow that, open yourselves to that, and then if and when it comes, let it reside deep within you. Let it find a home uh, and, uh, and chew on that. Just sit with it. And let God do God's wonderful work within you and within me as we sit with this good word. Hmm? Today's readings are wonderful. Oh my gosh, they are pointed. Wonderful and pointed. And there's no ducking it. (laughs) There's not. So if you want to come along for the ride, and I hope you do, just know we're going to be trapped in the truth here, brothers and sisters. Because through the centuries, Jesus is going to grab us and speak to you and I directly. You ready to come along? Our first first reading is going to be from Amos. We heard from him last week, right? Amos, man, you want a prophet who's pointed and direct? Go right to Amos. Amos chapter 6, verses 1a, and then 4 to 7. So Amos 6, 1a, and then 4 to 7. Then we're going to read Luke 16 again. We heard Luke 16 last week, right? 1 to 13. We're going to skip just a few verses later, uh, and we're going to go Luke 16, 19 to 31. So those are the readings, my friends, that get to challenge us today. Let's break them open. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, or excuse me, Amos. <laughs> Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, Woe to the complacent in Zion, lying upon beds of ivory, stretched comfortably on their couches. They eat lambs taken from the flock and calves from the stall. Improvising to the music of the harp, like David, they devise their own accompaniment. They drink wine from bowls, and anoint themselves with the best oils. Yet they are not made ill by the collapse of Joseph. Therefore, now they shall be the first to go into exile, and their wanton revelry shall be done away with. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. (laughs) Okay. So remember... We match the first reading with the gospel, so expect more of the same. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, 
There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Remember, before we go on, was there a word? Was there a phrase? Was there an idea? Hold on to that, brothers and sisters. Do not lose that. Do not lose that with what I'm going to say. Hold on to that and let it take root within you. Brothers and sisters, let me simply say this. This is a gospel and a first reading that is very easy. And I, I, now we think it's so in your face, and it is, um, but it's so easy to miss the point. I think, I think it is. Because I think we can come away with this thinking that what Amos is upset about and what Jesus is upset about is uh, this idea of riches, this idea of, of um, wanton revelry or, or sumptuousness, right? Because Amos is right out there. You know, he's, he's saying, listen, you lying on beds of ivory, stretched comfortably on your couches, brothers and sisters, Renee and I just bought a new mattress this, you know, what, two weeks ago. I'm telling you, I know what those beds of ivory or, or those couches, I know how much that costs now. But we did it, right? To be comfortable. 
And is that is that exactly what he's saying? Is is listen, you just, music of the, of the harp and drinking wine from bowls and anointing ourselves with the best oils. Read for us, you know, with the best body wash, and using a loofah and uh, and soap and all these. Well, we all do this, brothers and sisters. We all do this. Is this what Amos is saying? Because if it is, we're all in deep, deep, deep trouble. But what about Jesus? Let's, let's, uh, let's you know, double down on this. Um, oh, I almost went to the second reading. Let me do this again. There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen, dined sumptuously each day, um, ate well, okay? Uh, lived well. Now, let me tell you something. Uh, I don't think God has something, well, and I'm, I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth. I don't think God, again, is angry. Now, this is my opinion. I don't think Jesus is angry here about the sumptuousness of this person. I'm not sure, I'm not sure, as a Minnesota Viking fan, that Jesus is not angry about the purple garments. I, I think somehow anyone wearing purple, he kind of gets mad at, and they are in torment. And anybody who likes the color purple, I think there is torment there. Now, that's a, that's a reflection for a different day. All right, so let's not go too far down that. Okay, Joe, if Jesus really isn't speaking, I, again, in my opinion, if Jesus isn't really angry against celebration, I mean, goodness sakes, look at Jesus' life in the gospel. He's constantly, uh, I, well, constantly is overstating it, often he is celebrating with, with people and, and at different things. I mean, goodness sakes, he was at the, at the wedding feast of Cana, right? His first, his first miracle in John's gospel. Uh, and often sitting at the table of the Pharisees. Even here he might have been doing that. I didn't look back and, and see what the situation was. Brothers and sisters, I think... Joe's opinion. I think what Amos is angry about is going to point at the same thing Jesus is. So let's start with Amos. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, woe to the complacent in Zion. He's not saying woe to the rich in Zion, okay? Woe to the complacent. And what do they do? They lie on their beds and couches. And what do they do? They sleep. They become comfortable. And what does the wine do? It makes them drowsy and blind. And, 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 um, and this, I think, is the key. They drink wine from bowls and anoint themselves with oils. Okay, that's not it. Yet, now this is it. Yet they are not made ill by the collapse of Joseph. All right, what on earth does that mean? Joseph, my friends, is one of the tribes of Israel, okay? He's saying that these rich who are, are, are sleeping and going about life uh, with all the wealth and with all this, this blindness of, of, uh, of, this, of, of whatever wealth does and blinds us in, it doesn't always, but it has that ability to do it. He's saying, you're not even made ill by the collapse of this nation, 
by what is happening all around you, by the ills going on, by all those people who are hurting and in need of being seen and loved and named and heard. And you're not even made ill by it. Why? Because you get to go home and sleep on this bed of ivory and relax on this couch and have wine and make sure you're cleaned. And you're doing fine. And as long as you're fine, you're not worried about anything else. You're putting your blinders on. Brothers and sisters, does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar? Because it sure does to me. Boy, it sure does to me. This is an arrow in between my eyes. This pierces. Because this is the state of our world today. As if we didn't get it there. Let's, let's go ahead to the gospel. Again, there was a rich man who died sumptuously each day, dressed in purple garments, fine linen. Again, nothing wrong with that. Except that's making him blind. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who gladly would have eaten just the fill of the scraps that fell from the man's table. Dogs came and licked his sores. The issue, brothers and sisters, again in my belief, is not the riches of the person. It's the fact that those riches, this person, allowed himself to be blinded by those riches and not even see the destitute lying at their doorstep. He didn't even know his name until he gets into the afterlife, until he's in Hades, right? And in the netherworld, in torment. Brothers and sisters, I, I think it's easy to look up here and say, okay, if you're rich, you're going to, the, to, to, to Burnham, and if you're poor, that's, that's what God likes, and so we all need to be fasting. Listen, there is a value to fasting. There absolutely is a value to fasting, and one of those is it wakes us up. It wakes us up because we can get overcome with sloth and overcome with complacency and overcome with wealth. And, and how I live must be how the rest of the world lives. And we go through with those same blinders that Amos was chastising and that this rich man did. Listen, there's a reason Jesus said that um, the, the rich, uh, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for the rich to get to the kingdom of God. He's not condemning, per se, riches, but he's saying the richness can lull us. Richness? I guess that's a word. That these riches can lull us into this false complacency where we simply are comfortable and we're not worried about what is going on. Brothers and sisters, we live in a world that is small, right? What is that book that came out 15 years ago? The world is flat. That, that uh, whether it's, it's uh, technology, whether it's the internet, whether it is, it is the, the airplane, uh, whether, whatever it is, the world is small now. And our neighbors are not just the people that live next to us on houses on either side, but our neighbors are those all around the world. And are we able to see? Now, it isn't just those people, Lord, in Venezuela, that, that, that Lord, that, my friends, that the Lord calls us to see. It isn't just those people in the far reaches of Africa, although it is that. It is that. They are our neighbors. 
but sometimes it is those people, literally, that we pass every day on the street and we do not know their name. But we know that they are in need or we simply don't even know because we don't see them. Brothers and sisters, the last thing I'm trying to do to you is lay a guilt trip on you. I am not. I am not. The word of God is piercing here. Because what this does, my friends, is it is waking us up to maybe our prayer every day is, Lord, help me to see. I am blind. Help me to see. Brothers and sisters, the riches that we have, and I'm just not just talking about our bank account. I'm talking about the opportunities that we are afforded as we live uh, in this nation. And, and again, my friends, I know that some of you don't live in this nation who are listening to this. Um, but uh, I, I, living in, in the United States of America, the riches that this provided for us in terms of education or, or uh, abilities or freedoms or whatever, I don't think those are held against us and that God is going to say, well, you need to go into the uh, netherworld because you have them. No, but what God is doing is saying, I believe, um, that we are called to be responsible with them. How do we wake up and use them to love to love the people in Ukraine, to love the people in Russia, to love the people um, at, at the border, uh, and, and, and to love the people uh, who are uh, in, in a shadow, who are, who are putting a mask on themselves that we see every day, but we fail to look beyond the mask and really see them and know their name. Because isn't that what we all really want, brothers and sisters? is to be known and to be seen and to be loved where we are because that all of a sudden gives us a sense of dignity. Lazarus didn't have it. He was just a poor man lying at, the, at, the, at a door who was unworthy even of being seen. Woe to the complacent. You are not made ill by the collapse of Joseph. You are not made ill, brothers and sisters, by those in need right next to us that we pass on the street every day, or that we hear about in the news every day. How, how, and I know we have compassion fatigue sometimes, but brothers and sisters, there has to be something, one thing that we say, this is a cause that I will take up. This is, is what I will march forward with and say, this is something. We, can't, we cannot change the world entire. We cannot change um, uh, all things. We cannot be all things to all people. But brothers and sisters, we can say, but this, this I can do. This I can do. You know, it's that classic story, forgive the cliche, the person, you know, on walking along the beach uh, and, and somebody else is walking on the other end and they see the person at the far end, you know, um, and this beach covered with starfish, covered with them. You know, just hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of them. And, and this person walking along the beach sees the person at the other end, you know, bowing down, bending down, and picking up a starfish and throwing them into the ocean, back into the ocean. And then walking a little further and picking up another one and, and throwing it in. And, and when they finally meet, the, the person uh, who's not throwing them in says, what, what are you doing? You can't possibly make a difference. This, this beach is covered with thousands of starfish. And, and the person bending down picked up another starfish and said, it made a difference to this one as you threw it back in, right? We cannot affect everything, but we can affect one thing. What is that one thing? 
who are those people we will see and we will know them and we will name them and we will love them where they are now, here, today. And we will not just, in a sense, give of our, our riches, although that's it, but how do we give of our being, right? Of our time, of our attention, of, of our uh, presence, because doesn't that say something, that they contain dignity? Hmm? That's so good. Brothers and sisters, I want to end with a, um, a story. Uh, not even a story. It's, it's um, a writing. I was reading this, gosh, last night, two nights ago. Don't remember one. By Brian McLaren. Brian uh, used to be an evangelical pastor. He's now working in the emergent churches uh, movement. Wonderful, wonderful writer, wonderful uh, you know, just insightful man. But he is out of a book called A New Kind of Christianity. And uh, this is how he started one of his chapters, um, entitled Jesus Outside the Lines. He says, I am blessed, it turns out, with more than one loyal critic. Another one, even more well-known than the first, he had talked about another one earlier, a chapter, even more well-known than the first on a widely disseminated radio broadcast, uh, contrasted his views of Jesus with my own. And his views said this, the only reason Jesus came was to save people from hell. Jesus had no social agenda. He didn't come to eliminate poverty or slavery or fix something in somebody's life for the little moment they live on this earth. Now what could possibly cause this earnest and educated Christian to assert that Jesus had no agenda regarding poverty and slavery? What could motivate a dedicated Bible teacher to minimize horrible social realities as minor inconveniences or pet peeves? How could a pious and devoted believer ignore all of Jesus' words about the poor, all his deeds of the poor and the oppressed, beginning with his first public sermon? Brothers and sisters, our God did not come to this earth merely to save our soul so we can be in heaven and enjoy that pie in the sky. He came to save us, you and I, entirely, body, mind, spirit, soul. And he did it for others as well. And we, as, as last week's gospel reminds us, right, need to be creative in all our endeavors with how we use all these riches that have been given to us in whatever form they come to us to open our eyes, not become complacent, not become overcome with drowsiness or wanton revelry or wine or sumptuousness, but to be people who actively look and listen and see and name and love those in our midst, our neighbors, and, and open and bring ourselves in our fullness, in our presence, to be fully with them. We can't do it for everybody. But you know what? It makes it made a difference for this one. Let's pray. And so, my friends, uh, we begin as we begin all things. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The third sorrowful mystery, the crowning of thorns. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, one thing before we exit, if you are still with, and I suspect most are not, Last week, uh, the title of the episode of the pod was named Convoy. And of course, I referenced it within that old, wonderful song by C.W. McCall. Here's the deal. I did that because two good friends of mine challenged me when we were out to eat and said, your next podcast, you have to include this somehow in it. And so, of course, rising to the challenge, you have to do that. Here's what I'm going to do. If you listening, wherever you are, have a challenge for me and a word, usually not a whole song or, you know, an idea. But hey, if you've got a challenge for me to say, hey, Joe, I want you to use this word, you know, unctuous uh, in, in, a, in a podcast or whatever coming up, email me. I'll put my, uh, my email address in the show notes and, uh, and you can say, Joe, here's my challenge. And uh, you know what? I might choose it. And uh, maybe next time you're going to hear that. Uh, I, I won't tell you what it is. Uh, you guys all just have to listen and say, huh, that's not a word he uses often. I'll bet that's it. And uh, we can make a little uh, fun out of this, shall we? Bless you, my friends. Have a wonderful weekend, wonderful week.
I look forward to us being back together again next week. Be well, and God's peace. Thank you.